You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. Today, we're going to talk with a couple of special guests that we have on um, a subject I've noticed trending on Instagram called hashtag boy mom. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we uh, decided let's find some friends that we have who have only boys. Because so, we're boy moms. We, have a, we each have a we boy. Mm-hmm. But we also had daughters. And I have a feeling that my young boy's upbringing was very different than yours because he was not allowed to wrestle with his sister. He got in big trouble and things like that. So we wanted to hear from mom with multi- moms with multiple um, boys in the home. So let we're going to let you introduce yourselves. Um, Sarah Perry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, I'm Sarah Perry. I've got three boys, a one-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-year-old. Ah, so you're um, not busy at all. No, Great. I'm glad all. you could join us. Thank you. <laughs> I am showered and I am <laughs> She's got makeup on, her hair's done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and so you're a a boy mom right in the trenches, and we have our more experienced boy mom, Trish Waldron. (laughs) Tell us about yourself and your family. I'm Trish Waldron, and I, too, have three boys who are almost grown now. Two of them are just having birthdays this month, so I have to thank them. One is turning 23 this month, one just turned 21, and my youngest is 18. Oh, wow. Great. I love this. This is going to be such a good yep. episode. So both, both ends of the timeline. Both ends of the timeline. I yep. love it. I love it. So speaking in generalities is what we're going to do um, tonight because every boy's not the same, right? Mm-hmm. We're, and there's stereotypes and stuff. So everyone's unique. Everyone has their own gifts and temperaments. Um, so given that, what would you say um, you've noticed just in general raising your boys, being the sole female in your household? <laughs> How's that been? How's that working out for you, Sarah? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I feel like God prepared me for having boys. I babysat boys all growing up, um, and I just had a lot more guy friends, and I don't know if that was, like, part of it, but I felt, I don't know, whenever I was having a boy, it was almost like a relief, like, okay, I know how to do this. I think I do. I think a little bit uh, I know how to do this, so it's been it's been a fun ride so uh-huh. far. So. <laughs> you are a very fun-loving person, yeah, and I I'm love so that about you. I wish I could be more fun-loving like you. You just let you do. You you have this temperament that um, you can take all that crazy boy stuff in stride. What about you, Trish? Well, um, I like like you also agree that um, I think I was cut out to be a boy mom. I don't have sisters. I have two brothers, and we grew up on a farm, and we were we were pretty rough around the edges. And so I think that for me, having boys just was a more natural fit, and I think God gives you what you need. No, that's great. Interesting. That's great. So. Um, if you were describing your life, Trish, when the boys were little, and your life now, mm-hmm. Sarah, what is um, what is life like? With, you each have three. What's life like with a house full of boys? Is yours rowdy? Because mine was rowdy. Lots of rowdy. <laughs> uh, yes, very, very rowdy. <laughs> Lots of physical, you know, hug, sorry, hug again. And, you know, I, as soon as dad walks in the door, it's like jump on top of him and hug and wrestle. And, and if, if they haven't seen each other for a while, if our oldest two haven't seen each other, it's hugging and wrestling. I mean, just that contact. I think that's what they know to do. That's yeah. just their um, natural instinct is probably to want to be rough and tumble. And, um, yeah, that was good. That's how ours was, too. Uh, like puppies. You just kind yeah, of like, like puppies. Fighting yeah. and tuff, tugging yes. and all that stuff. Yeah, I was worried about Houston because um, we homeschooled. Mm-hmm. And so he was only with his sister all day long. And as I already told you, he was not allowed to mm-hmm. tackle her and roll across the floor with her because yeah. um, we wanted him to treat girls in a different way than he would treat boys. And I was worried he wouldn't know how to play well with other boys. Um, and, you know, we had friends from church and things. But there is kind of, um, there's a safe zone, I noticed, mm-hmm. and then, like, things kind of escalate mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and get out of hand. So can you describe um, that, or is, there, is that true? And if it is, what do you do? Do you just let them do it till there is no safe zone and make them stop? Like, what do you do? So somebody's crying. Because it was not allowed in our house, so it never happened. Um, I think at our house, I don't feel like anyone had an 
overly bad tempered where people were just getting mad all the time. So I don't I really don't think we had a, a lot of that. I um I do think at times though it can still get out of hand and even I, from the fun. Even from the fun. And I I feel like you have to keep it within appropriate limits. That's how I personally feel about it. I mean, you can, because they can take it too far. It's not okay for them to knock a hole in your wall because they're, <laughs> they're rolling around, and, and that can happen. And so, you know, for us, it was more about, okay, let's, ha let's have fun and, and, and be boys, but within boundaries. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're not quite to that place yet. I mean, they, you know, they wrestle, but it's always in front of us if they're, like, you know, wrapping around and sling around and that kind of thing, and we can be like, okay. Take it down and take, take a break. Take, take a break. Yes. You so go, go to your separate corners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so usually in a, in groups like that, boys, brothers, whatever, there's an instigator. So did either one of you have, or do you have one that's like, hey, let's go do this, and you know, leads the others along to do? Right now, my oldest has kind of done that with the youngest. He's like, hey, go do that, or say this to mom, or go ask for this, and, you know, and he kind of just follows suit right now. So. Mm -hmm. I think that I think that I just have one that's necessary. I think it depends on the mood of the day. Like at Christmas even, I mean, here they are in their 20s, and they were home in my room because I was reading that night, and they all come in and get on my bed, and before I know it, the whole bed's demolished because <laughs> they're all rolling around and are wrestling, and I just let them have it. I mean, it's fun at this point, no, you know, so it was good. Uh, exactly. Good. So that's destruction good. is a theme I'm seeing. And mm -hmm. I know in our house, um, mine, I cannot... I don't care what I say, what I do, I cannot keep him from hanging on the door frames. Oh my goodness, Ellis has just started doing that, climbing up the door frame. He's he's in Ninja Warrior class, and they, I mean, he goes Perfect. all the way up the door frame. Uh, and like, just, oh, so yeah. Yes, um, to the, I mean, there's, yeah, I'm not getting footprints on my ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Smudge marks down every door frame that I have. Some door frames are sturdier than others. Some have have started cracking oh, wow. off of the wall. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is not okay. Like you said, <laughs> but. You know, I love when he comes home, so I'll put up with it. Let him yeah. <laughs> yes. Or make him repair it, you know, yeah. when it finally does get destroyed. I do think you give them grace when they have gone off to college, and you're just glad they're back for a while, That's so right. you give them a little extra grace. <laughs> Their faces, and you're like, okay, oh, one more yes. time. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so you're just probably entering the world of technology, Sarah, mm -hmm. but... Um, so I, maybe what you're thinking about doing in terms of appropriate boundaries for technology. I know with my um, son, he, he was so much more interested in video games than our daughter was. And so we actually had to have limits on mm -hmm. that. He actually came down the other day. He's married now. Mm -hmm. He came um, over and he said, you know, Mom, I hated that 30-minute rule you had for video games I could only play 30 minutes I'm like really I only let you play 30 minutes I didn't have any memory of this and um and he said but you know I think it was probably good for me in the end mm -hmm. and so um what were your boys like Trish um in terms of technology was it, it was easy with Emma I just said put your phone down in the kitchen at night and she didn't care about playing video games yeah, I had all all different varieties of how that worked because my oldest, Noah, he he really didn't always, he wasn't always into video games. It, it kind of came, I don't know, at some point in high school, and he got into really big into like League of Legends for a period of time. And then it passed, and he was done, and he's really never picked it back up again. Now, Eli, he's never played a video game in his life and never would. He's busy building an empire. Uh, yes, yeah. to, to him, that is just a foolish waste of his time. But um, now, Samuel, he likes to play games too, but no, I wouldn't say to an excess. I mean, there have been some times I've had to say, okay, you've been up there long enough. You need to, you need to quit playing video games. But for the most part, I don't feel like anybody was just out of control with the video games okay yeah. so it might not be as much a boy thing maybe as a temperament thing I don't know well I don't know I think it, for my in my experience yeah um we set limits too for the most part I dealt with my kids like I can trust you until I can't right so if as long as you're responsible and you're not up there until 3 a.m you can play your video game you know once I see you starting to get out of control with that then we're going to rein it back in um but my boy was very interested in video mm -hmm. games. Still is, I think, to this day. He took a TV to college so he could play remotely with friends and stuff that he kept in touch with. Mm -hmm. um, but he makes great grades. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a problem with that as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, some of the games I would not pick. As a mom, they still came into my home. <laughs> and he would play with his dad. 
or with his buddies. Um, I'm thinking Call of Duty. You know, I hate that game some so of the, much. I don't even know what. If they're you all don't called. like, if you haven't bought Call of Duty, moms, this is my message to you: <laughs> never let it in your house. Yeah. Don't even go to Toots. They have it in Toots. <laughs> don't and go the to Toots. Don't let them go in there. Really? Why do you guys love it? My husband loved it. I don't know. And, and they played it together. The same thing. Yeah. It's this. I think it's just this innate warrior yes, battle, totally. vanquishing, conquering thing that guys have, and this is a quote unquote safe way to do it. So <laughs> if if I was okay with that, unless I saw it reflecting in his behavior. Mm-hmm. So if I, you know, if he's playing that for a while, a couple days goes in or whatever, and then all of a sudden he comes in the kitchen and whacks his sister or something, (laughs) you know, kicks the dog. Okay, then we're done with that for a while. Um, I just think you have to know your kid. Mm -hmm. Some kids, some personalities, like they cannot tear themselves away. Mm -hmm. They will just stay on it, uh, foregoing meals and sleep and everything Mm -hmm. else. And that's not good. No, it's not good. What about you, Sarah? Have you broached that at all? Do you have a video game so, in your house? Ellis actually asked for a Game Boy for Christmas from Santa. Uh-huh. And so we found a leapfrog. It's like a little leapfrog yeah. one. And yeah. it actually teaches, like, it's not really, I mean, educational. But it's educational and it's spelling, like that kind of thing. But um, we've noticed even just with doing that, um, I think it's it's like, I don't know, the more you give, like, the more time, then they, I don't know, I feel like they can kind of take it and keep going. And sometimes when you take it away, then there, like, is an attitude, you know, with it and that oh, kind of thing. Yes. So that... sometimes it's almost like, ah, let's just not even deal with that. We're not even going to do it uh-huh. because I don't want to even start that like, mm, <laughs> trouble right now. Right. So he's five. And... One note thing I noticed the difference between my daughter and my son um, was the phone mm-hmm. when it came along. My daughter yes. was way more into conversations and texting and social media and all she got like way into that way faster and more consistently than he did he couldn't care anything about it yeah I was that's funny you say that because I was just tutoring two young men today who are in junior high and high school and I was talking to them about this topic and I said you know do you have limits Mm -hmm. on your video game time that your parents set and um do you have limits on your phone? And, and do you find that it's hard to put your phone down? Mm-hmm. And they both, these were two boys, of course, and they said, oh, we don't have a problem with our phone. We, like, our parents don't let us have social media on it, and we just can take it or leave it. No problem. Mm-hmm. But the girls we know are mm-hmm. on their phones constantly. It's what you're, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, and then one of them was like, oh, yeah, I could do like two, three four hours of video games, no problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless there's a girl yeah. involved, maybe. And <laughs> yeah. then it's like, oh, wait, you know, you got to be texting the girl oh. yes. for a little bit. Be- mostly because the girl's demanding it, though. Yeah. Not because yeah. he's trying to do it. Yeah. yeah. So did you find that? Yeah, but yeah, my boys, none of them have cared all that much about their phone. I would say my youngest cares the most about it, but still not like a typical girl that I've noticed would care about it. But we were really, in this way, I think this is something that we – we're probably old-fashioned about, but I didn't give my boys a phone until they were in the eighth grade. And I, well, let me take that back. Eli, my middle one, got one, I think, in the seventh grade because he had a lawn care business, and he needed a phone so we would know where he was. But he, we made him purchase it, and it was, you know, it was his own deal for work. But as far as us giving them a phone, they were, they were older anyway. So I feel like maybe that helped them not care as much about it. I don't know. Yeah, just in the, in the right season. I, I do think... I think it's funny we're having this conversation because it seems very taboo in some ways. You said it's a trending topic. I'm going to trust you on that. What? But, well, but to say, some, to say there's, there, there's things about boys that are generally true and things about girls that are generally true, when for years we've been hearing it, that's all socially constructed. Um, so I did a little research. It's interesting to me that they see differences in boys and girls, even as fetuses mm-hmm. inside. So when the, when the testosterone dump happens, seven, eight mm-hmm. weeks of gestation, they see a difference. Oh, you're a doula, Sarah. I'm I forgot. So tell us yeah. about that, right? You know about that, right? Yeah, I do. Um, what do you want to know about it? Well, <laughs> the, the, um, scientific articles I was reading was uh-huh. saying like they, they see a difference in the womb mm-hmm. between male and females once that hormonal yeah. um, difference happens mm-hmm. and in cases where there's an interruption mm-hmm. of um, uh, the proper hormone for the gender of the child that um, the sex dominant behaviors are lessened because the hormone levels were off so there is a link is what they're saying yeah. between um, estrogen and testosterone mm-hmm. and 
how we think, how we act, yeah. how like stereotypes are just generalized observations, right? Mm-hmm. They they become they come okay. up because sometimes because they're true mm-hmm. among a, a broad range of people. So, yeah. um, so do you see that in the world? Do you see that, or do you see that um, in um, in like even you go you go back for like nursing help for nursing mm-hmm. mothers and things like that. Do you see anything like any difference in boys and girls that early on? Uh, I don't know about like that. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. I said I was just wondering. Uh, I mean, I I've what I've read about like toddler um, observation yes, play for sure. Already, I, I mean, do you? I mean, with your boys, even it's like just the way that it's like even at my my kid like for Ellis, he was the first grand uh, grandson of both sides, first of nieces, nephews, or uncles, whatever, he's the first one, and when they would play, I mean, picking up a truck or a dinosaur, like, they already know, like, how do they already know how to play with, like, that kind of stuff, and how do they already know, I don't know, like, wanting to fight, like, a, like, that warrior mentality, and, like, that kind of thing, it's like, it's... Right, I'm not teaching, I did not teach my two-year-old to pick up a stick and make it into a sword, I did not teach I remember that same thing, and, like, why, why did Emma not pick up a stick and turn it into a sword at the exact same age? Exactly, no, Savannah would pick up a stick, and... And two sticks and have the little conversation between the sticks. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be anything kind We're of like warrior stuff. Like a fairy. Yes. <laughs> Completely <laughs> different. Same stick. Yeah. Different kid. Yeah. yeah. Very weird. Emma would bring me a bouquet of flowers. Houston would literally bring me a bouquet of sticks. Yeah. Just would gather up a whole bunch of sticks and just, I still have a, I have a, the last one you brought me wrapped with a ribbon. Oh, that's so sweet. But I'll just, I want to read a little bit of the differences yeah. that I, um, oh, I found ones. online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, even before they have any conception of gender, scientists are noticing differences in, in boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, 40 of the 43 serious shootings by toddlers in 2015 were boys. So, little mm-hmm. girls were not going for guns, which is a horrible, sad statistic. Mm-hmm. But um, boys are much more combative, not just physically combative, but verbally and conversationally mm-hmm. combative. <laughs> They're more prone to direct violence. And female female groups can be much more prone to indirect and dissembled forms of conflict. Hmm. Stab yeah. you in the back. Meow. Like, <laughs> I mean, I see that when I was a school counselor, and like in, with uh, social media and stuff, like the girls would go after him, like on Facebook, like commenting, uh, not like, to their face, not to their face. It was like uh, little jab. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Guys right. Be like, let's just fight it out here right. right now. Stupid here head. now. <laughs> yeah. uh, some other things I read that. Um, Male groups are more hierarchical in tendency, and women's are more egalitarian. So we're seeking connection and community yes. where boys are like, who's in charge? Mm. Who's, mm. The, who's the strongest? Who's the boss? Um, then women and young girls tend to be more people and social, emotional oriented than men. Men, t- men tend to be more thing, task, and agency oriented than women. Um, girls are more uh, verbal. The sticks talking to one right, another. Right. They have much more verbal tent. And, and try to get tilt. your boy to tell you something that happened at the end of his day. How does that go? I know. Whenever Houston would actually start to tell me something, I don't care what it was, like I dropped everything. I'm like, I get a brief window. Yeah. Was it like that for all three? Was it like that for all three? Yes, but it, I would say to different degrees. Some of them were worse than others about it. And, and I mean, and I do have, like, for example, one of mine, once he starts talking, you can't get him to stop. <laughs> I think you I know, know which one that is. <laughs> Maybe. So, you shall not yeah. be named. <laughs> That's oh. funny. Yeah, and it goes on. I mean, they grow up. These boys grow up to be husbands. Mm-hmm. Right. So, good to know. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. if you're married, that your husband's not going to talk. He's not going to have as many words in his tank as you do. So, That's right. it's just the way they're wired. And it's all right. And the most interesting thing I found in this research was that these differences... In men and women, boys and girls are most pronounced in Western egalitarian societies where we have the most freedom to express really ourselves in different ways. Hmm. And so, which is counterintuitive yeah. mm-hmm. to the sociological argument. So, so there, there are differences that are um, embodied hormonal differences mm-hmm. that, that make us interact with our boys and our girls in um, different ways. If we're trying to be our mantra, trying to be intentional, Trying to know our children well, understand them, so that we can see um, how to bring out the best in them, then we have to recognize this stuff. That makes me think about, so like before Zane and I got married, just 
reading through different stuff about like your marriage and how to have a positive marriage and those kind of things and how guys are physical. So doing physical things are, are, are a great way to like connect with your spouse. Yeah. So I thought the same thing with my boys, like doing physical things to like help connect. And so like I've noticed that like that's when we bond through doing oh, that's more so cool, Sarah. Things. So what like what kind of fun stuff do y'all do? Even just like making a dirt, getting in the dirt and like digging around and do, doing a mud pile or like just a game, like playing a little hockey in the street or you know, any things like that. Mm. Um, I don't yeah, know, y'all love to play. Y'all physical. send so many fun videos of <laughs> y'all playing in the street, Zane riding a scooter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's yeah, um I think guys well, adult men go out and do yeah. stuff in parallel too, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, just to go do something, mm-hmm. and that's when the conversation takes place. Yeah. Uh, I think we found that too. We go do something, go go play the video game, go go sit on there, hey, show me how to play this. What, mm-hmm. what do these controls yes. look like? Oh, that kind of thing. We'll get you a lot farther in your relationship with your son, probably, than, you know, let's have this sit across from me at the table and let's yeah. converse about our day. Yeah. That's not going to probably go over very well. No. Yeah. I think if they think if you're trying to get them to talk, that's when they don't. It's almost like, you know, the reverse of what you're trying for. So, like you said, if you're doing something where that's not really the ultimate goal, but it just kind of starts coming out. Um, yeah. But so you might be watching, like my youngest and I watch football together. That's what we like oh, to do. Okay. So I love that. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So ahead. how important are dads I was just thinking to this equation? Yeah. I mean, this is something that both parents can do, obviously, mm-hmm. but. Um, Dads going out for a walk, dads going out for a bike ride or watching it's football. It's huge. I mean, it's huge. Think? Even I just seen my five-year-old, he got to finally ride in Zane's truck for the first time and um, like in it, he's like, hey, dad. Like just looking over at <laughs> like grabs his hand and he's just like, I love you, dad. Oh. <laughs> like oh. just thought it was so cool and special like to be, to get to ride in dad's truck and like go run an errand with him, you know, it's cool. And so they just want to, they want to be where they they want to be where their dads are at and want to be learning and it just, they get so much value from like being and seeing and I don't know being around each other yeah what it looks like yes. yeah to be a man yes yeah yes. mm-hmm. what do you think Trish yeah I mean I definitely think it's is super important and I actually think and I, I want to preface what I'm going to say because I don't want to sound um either critical or disrespectful just factual just you know kind of our generation versus maybe even your generation so my husband is seven years older than I am, so he's turning 60 this year. But anyway, and he's the youngest of four children. So my in-laws are in their 90s. So they were raising their children in the 50s and the 60s in that very traditional role of the man is the breadwinner and the women raise the children. So, and I think when we were raising our children, I mean, Renee and Bonnie and myself, um, I think that was sort of a transitional time where men were kind of moving out of that and more into probably what men are better at doing today and being a little bit more hands-on. But my husband really had a hard time wanting to make that transition. So for him, he didn't, he wasn't as hands-on as I probably would have liked for him to be. However, that being said, like if he was going out to check a job, for example, he was happy for the boys to jump in with him if they wanted to go and, you know, go to his work site. So that was a way he was able to spend time with them. And I think it's, it's very important. So you know, you, while you may get more or less depending on how your spouse feels about how hands-on he wants to be, I think any time that a boy can get with his dad is very valuable. For sure. That's kind of like with Zane's dad. I mean, he had to work, he was so busy working, like he didn't have that, as much time with that. And so now having a grandson, just taking that time. And, and Zane, like like you said, I think it is like we're a generational thing now that it's more like, okay, this is really important, so make sure you're doing it to be intentional. And so him, you know, taking Ellis, and even if it's really, like, sometimes it takes the job, like, it ends up being, like, three times longer yes, or does. something like that. Yes, like, it does. I need you to do this part, and I need you to hold this. Can you hold that flashlight this way? And just different things, like, it just makes him feel so mm-hmm. needed and special and valued. Like, it does. Sad. Everything we do is teaching something. Everything, positive or negative. Mm-hmm. So doing that is teaching you know, this is how to be a guy. This is how to be a husband. This is how to be a brother. This is how to be, mm-hmm. you know, a son. And I love that, that mm-hmm. a dad can model that mm-hmm. without even having a clue that they're doing it. They're doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. So to be intentionally doing it um, with a task like that, let's like let's fix a car or let's, here's how you bait a hook. You know, yeah. I don't know how to do that. I can't yeah. show my son that. <laughs> Nor do I want to. <laughs> but yeah. if, if yeah. you can, That's great. True. You guys go fishing, you know. Yeah. That's cool. 
um, I, I was talking to your husband, Sarah, mm -hmm. and a group of his peers. Mm -hmm. um, I got assigned to the dad table one night, and my <laughs> husband got assigned to the mom table, and we were just um, like, ask us whatever you want. And one of the things the dads asked me, and they all were very earnest, they were like, we don't really like playing with our kids all that much. It's kind of boring sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, are we being, A, are we being terrible people because we feel that way? And B, do you think our kids know it? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, y'all. Do you think I liked playing Tea Party every single day with Emma? I feel like my brain was dying bit by bit. Like, I'm not going to be able to have a coherent sentence when I'm 50. And here I am. Here I can have a coherent sentence. I said, no, it's, you, when you do things you don't like to do for the sake of your kids, that's good enough sometimes. And they lots of times don't know that you don't like doing it. It's fine. Just go ahead and do it. And be free from the burden of... Um, feeling like you have to also like it yeah because sometimes that just comes later like I found certain seasons of life with my kids were much more fun oh yeah I agree. um than others yeah. but I feel I feel like a lot of dads and some dads listen so I'm just saying good job yeah. guys yeah um, don't worry about it if you're you feeling like <laughs> you don't have to love it right and speaking of seasons and not loving things like that I think it's super common but sort of a, a dirty little secret of parenting that most dads are not going to fall in love immediately with this squishy red no. little newborn. That's true. They just, they don't have this overwhelming love that everyone has told them they're going to have until they're about one and a half or two mm -hmm. years old and can speak and interact. Mm -hmm. So a lot of dads feel like, oh no, like that. Like I'm a terrible person. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not like my wife. I don't feel this. I love my kid. It's not like I don't love him, but mm -hmm. I'm not bonded like, yeah. like mom is. But that'll come. Yes, oh, absolutely. It'll come, it'll come. Yeah. I mean, goodness. I kind of felt like that. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm glad you said it first. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It, it comes with, sometimes that just comes with time. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like your, your loyalty to your family, even when you don't like it, that's some, to me, that's kind of sometimes more beautiful. Like loyalty when you're loving and it's good for you. That's well, that's easy. nice. Yeah. Anybody can but do that. Loyalty to your family, you know, mm -hmm. when you don't love it, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So, so what do you do? I guess um, a lot of people listening to this maybe don't have a dad in their life. You know, a lot of kids don't. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, kind of an epidemic it to is. have families without mm -hmm. dads in them. So, what would you say to those moms? Or what do you think those mm -hmm. moms could do? It's easy for us to sit here and say, yeah. yeah. Or maybe they've, you know, they've lost their dad. Yeah. Um, find a teacher, find a coach, somebody, you know. My dad has grown so much in the last few years. We've had a lot of just different things happen in our, in our family background. Or things where he wasn't able to be what I needed as a dad. And so just seeking that, you know, in other men, like from our, you know, our church or in different areas to fulfill that. I think the same hmm. for, you know, oh. kids without right father figure. Or, or uh, for example, like in our family, my husband's a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. And... He would tell you, I can take a dog apart, put it back together all day long, but I don't know a thing about cars. I cannot do anything yeah. mechanical outside. So it was going to be a hopeless case for my kids to ever learn that. So yeah. my dad stepped in. It's like, okay, before yeah. you get your license, we're going to know how to change a tire. We're going to know how to change the oil. Mm -hmm. And my husband's kind of in the background like, oh, let me just see how you, <laughs> how you do that. Because you know? <laughs> he didn't know. So, yeah, yeah it's, there's no shame in Stealing shamelessly no. from other families. Oh no, that was like part, game plan, part A for me. Yeah. Yes, yeah. right. Look into what I like and yeah, steal it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think definitely find your find your people. Um, that's I, that to me is the beauty of church. Mm -hmm. I agree. 100%. Uh, the the church is the great equalizer. It mm -hmm. should be anyway. You get people from all different cultures. You should. Mm -hmm. And you get people from different socioeconomic um, backgrounds, and you get pe people with different um, areas of expertise. Mm -hmm. I mean, I cannot tell you. Like, I could just think off the top of my head, you know, um, do we need um, tax advice? Do we need gardening advice? Yeah. Do we need, you know, it, it, mechanical advice? I mean, right. we, there's so many people we could call on. So community is hugely important right. in terms of filling in the gaps there. Um, and I think we need to be open to being that in different seasons of life. Like, like now David and I are super open to that. Like who can, who can we invite into our lives? Who has like a hole mm -hmm. and, um, and maybe like 
you and Zane, mm-hmm. it might look different for y'all because you're just right in the midst of raising your boys. Yeah. But it definitely could be. Well, I think along those same lines, and you were there, you couldn't be at Millie's shower, but I, I don't think I realized, like, we raised our children essentially at church with surrounded by mostly the same group of people their whole upbringing so their parents were our friends but then all the kids grew up together and a lot of them went all the way like my boys went all the way from kindergarten or even preschool all the way through high school with some of these kids and so but it was just what we did we didn't think about it at the time but you were at the shower one of one of the girls um, was getting married for the first one of all the kids uh, she was getting married got married back in December and uh, we gave a shower and one of the other girls there just commented about how special it was the bond that all our families and had and how valuable that looking back they see what a big deal that was and that they hope they can have that for their families but I think that's the first time it really hit me of okay that really was a big deal to them I mean at the time we were just doing life together Mm -hmm. but then looking back on it I realized that that really was special and not everyone has that so I try to tell all young people now when they ask me just make a point of finding your people you know and and do life with them because because your kids will appreciate you for it and it means it means so much I think the kids I mean the kids you're raising them but um, as they get older in those groups too they then have multiple sets of parents Mm -hmm. to pull from they have like Mm -hmm. my son can go to Renee's husband, he can go to, he's got like at least a handful. Mm-hmm. I remember when they first got their driver's licenses and, you know, had a little bit more freedom and we're going places and, and my mantra was, okay, if you get in a situation where you're in trouble and you don't know how to get out of it or whatever, you don't want to call me, that's fine. But let me give you the names of these husbands that were in our group and you can call any one of them at any time of day and I guarantee you they will be there you know, to bail you out, to do whatever it is you need to do. Thankfully, we never had to do that. <laughs> but just an extra yeah. safety net, an extra yeah. resource, an extra helping mm-hmm. hand. I mean, it's invaluable. Yeah, and I love it, too. Um, each family has a, like, unique personality mm-hmm. and identity to it. Mm-hmm. And um, do some things really well that, like, just David and I don't do as well. And so I always felt like that was a beautiful gift, too, mm-hmm. for them to see, like, how they do life together and how they... Um, create a family mm-hmm. together and it that to me was also it's just so many so many gifts so definitely find your people mm-hmm. definitely find your people and like for us it gave my boys because our circle happened to have way more girls than boys and it gave my boys quite a few girls to be around because we didn't have girls at home so you know yeah. it really gave them sort of like adopted sisters yeah. and they're all such good friends like my oldest son was just in Millie's wedding so they're now starting to be in one another's weddings and um, it, it's just really sweet but it, it does give the boys um, girls to be around <laughs> that's great I know just like my concern with Houston I need some boys yeah, <laughs> I need right, some boys right. to be around that's funny oh me um so okay you bring up a good point girls to practice on so I know Sarah with you you've got you know some nieces and, yeah. and cousins in there um but what do you do in your house like from day to day when all your boys know is you you're you know you're the female you're it you're the, the only one um is, was there something in particular that your husbands do to teach that specifically like I was thinking that how... too because I'm like okay so you're playing in the dirt and like you're being the companion and all that but you're but in the end you're the mom so like in my mind you're the queen uh, and they need to you know mm-hmm. defer to you at some point yes so how do you how do you draw that That's so was they like um he told them he's like you can't wrestle with mom either so they're not allowed to like jump on me like on that kind of way and stuff too and he's like Girls are like flowers. They're delicate. Like you can't. Your mom's delicate. We're not gonna like jump on her and that kind of thing. Whew, that didn't um, happen in my house. Sun, <laughs> sunflowers and sturdy. Right. I'm, not a del- I'm a delicate flower. Y'all can be what you want to be. But no. I'm like one of those plastic kinds. <laughs> they have it in the cemetery wreaths. Like <laughs> it makes me laugh too. Even thinking about um, playing with toys and stuff. Mm. Like they've got these things called mashup dolls or like Avengers, and you can take off the body parts and switch them around and different stuff. And so. When we're playing all together, they want to like, you know, bump each other and whatever. And I'm like, hey guys, we're gonna have a meeting over here. We're like, you know, you're just playing like in a different way. We're like, I'm actually making a little house for them. And so just even like the way we play, or when I'm playing with them too, is different. So and that's like, good. I don't that's know. Good. That's good. I don't know if it's right or wrong. Yes. I, I don't know if I would say that we had a specific saying or anybody modeled anything, but I did. 
What, what I do think, I, and this is more in recent years because, quite frankly, they're like Sarah's kids. They're only two years apart, and so much of their growing up, it's just a big blur to me. I mean, a lot of it, I just don't have a lot of really specific memories. But anyway, in recent years, um, as they've gotten to be teenagers, and specifically older teenagers, I think like juniors and seniors, and I think God makes them this way, they they start flexing their male muscles, and they are try to, you know, they start that pulling away a little bit, and they want to be the man and this and that. And at times, they can get disrespectful with that, and that – I've had that with all three of my boys, and that's when I really try to call them out on the carpet because I it's one thing to have banter back and forth, but when it I'm still your mother and, and I still have the final say-so, mm-hmm. and I, I don't care if you're 18, you still live in my house, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want to be spoken to in a disrespectful right. way. So I do try to at least call that to their attention mm-hmm. when I find them doing that. And um, you all can't see Trish on this podcast. How tall are you, Trish? <laughs> I'm five foot one. Right. <laughs> so you imagine little petite little Trish, Trish in this family yeah. of big towering teenage boys, you know, trying to assert her authority. Um, <laughs> and the physicalness of and the testosterone in a teenage boy that they don't always realize that they have. Right. Um, sometimes they don't really know how strong they are. And mm-hmm. they don't really know how big they are. And I think sometimes right there at puberty and all that, they can kind of get in your face a little bit. Yes. Even if they don't mean to, yes. sort of mm-hmm. step over that mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Did you have that at all? Yeah, so I was his teacher yeah. as well as yeah. his mom. Mm-hmm. And so not only during puberty was he getting bigger, he's not a real, real big kid, but um, he's also getting smarter. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in science, honestly, he knew more than I did. He'd read more. He already knew more. And there was this um, inappropriate hmm. correcting of me. And we had to, um, he had to be able to say what was right. I don't want to teach him wrong science. But we had to, he, you know, we had to sit him down and say, okay, there's time. You need to decide, is it mm-hmm. worth correcting, mom? Is it really worth it? Yeah. Like, you, every single thing's not worth correcting. Yeah. And second of all, you got to watch your tone. You got to, because she's still your mother. And, so David's um, saying this. So David sat, yeah, David sat him down and kind of got up in his face. And it's like you don't you don't talk to her that way, mm-hmm. and he was he was good. He was mm-hmm. like okay, and that's a life skill. Yeah, nobody so likes a, really nobody likes that. a know it all yeah. constantly yeah. correcting. That's true. I, and, and my my oldest has those same tendencies. And we had to have. I remember when he was in second grade, his teacher said to me, he, he was probably at his height of difficulty in second grade and she said to me the biggest problem I have with him is he wants to debate with me about everything Mm -hmm. and that is his natural inclination is he wants to debate with you about everything and so he's really we've had to talk about that a whole whole lot and he's worlds better I mean I'm not going to tell you he still wouldn't like to debate with you because he would (laughs) but now that almost 23 it's interesting how that 18-year-old boy that you, you're ready for them, you know, God has a way of preparing you for them going off. <laughs> yeah. And I think by the time that it's time, you're, you're ready for them. <laughs> but then now on this side of it, with him being out of college, it's really nice. I mean, he's really come back around to this really nice young man that's, he, he's a pilot. He'll say to me, you know, now I see this mom, and thank you so much for that mom. And I'm just like... Wow, who are you? It does come full circle, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. It is. It is beautiful to mm-hmm. see that, to see him um, mature and grow, and yeah. yeah, it's a long game. It is. Parenting is such a long game. A marathon. It is a marathon. Whew. Yeah, and that that combativeness um, that was in that article I read. They're more. Yeah. They're not just more physically combative. They're more verbally combative. Absolutely. Where women will be will sometimes tend to seek consensus. Mm-hmm. They'll want to go back and forth. Well, and like you said about that 18-year-old age, too, I think they, they think they know more than you do mm-hmm. in, in most areas of life, whether they've lived them or not. <laughs> so that's not just boys. That's all. That's yes. probably yeah. true. Yeah. I, that's yeah. probably true, yeah. yes. yes. Across the board. Yeah, which is also where your community comes in handy because they can sometimes hear something. Right. From somebody right. else's mom and dad that they really can't hear from you sure. at the time, and um, I've I've found that like oh wow that's a really interesting piece of information that I told you <laughs> remember a year ago yes. I told you the same thing but yeah I I think that's a great idea <laughs> yes that's funny um, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about sports that's something that's typically you know stereotypically what boys get into. Mm-hmm. Um, did any of your boys, yours are a little bit too small, but they have yeah. started yeah. showing interest in sports. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I, well, 
my husband was a football coach and played in college. And so, like, he, just early on, he had already said, I don't know that I want my boys to play football. I want to, like, them to find their thing, and I'll learn all about it. If they want to like football, too, then I'll, I'm really happy with that. I can't wait for them to, you know, sit on the couch with me and teach them all about it. But, yeah. Well, that's really open-minded. Yeah, that's nice. From an early age. Good yeah, for him. that's nice. Um, I think we're totally different than that. We're, we really have not been a huge sports family. My, my husband doesn't care for sports at all, any mm-hmm. kind of sport, never watches a sport. And so if anybody's going to watch it, it's really me and my youngest son. My oldest two boys really don't care anything about it either. However, when they were little, I mean, I wanted them to have the opportunity to see if they liked sports. Mm-hmm. So we did the Little League for a while. We did the soccer for a while. Whatever they wanted to do, we tried it. But we never pushed it, and nobody really cared that much about it. But I do think there is this like you said, stereotype that boys are expected to like sports. Everybody just assumes, what sport do you play? Well, they don't all want to play sports. And like my oldest son, he loved school and he loved reading and he liked um, things that you might consider nerdy, really. Um, Mm -hmm. But but that's what he was good at and that's what he liked. So I just think you've got to let them go for what they enjoy and not try to push maybe what you think they're supposed to do off of them. That's crushing the stereotypes right there. I know. Big time. I love that. That is really crushing them because that's, that's six boys. Well, I mean, one's one year old. Okay, we don't know yet. But I mean, yeah, Houston too. Like, we did some sports, like you said, just to see what they like to do. Um, but then we said we didn't want to give up all that time away, and so we kind of pulled back on the sports and did like individual sports, rock climbing, That's kind of, us too. Kind of that volleyball, kind of, yeah. And- Ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love that y'all yeah. taught that in growing kids. I took growing kids class mm-hmm. with you guys, and um, we were gonna start. We started my son in soccer like right before we started growing kids, and then it was just like he's just too young. He was three, and so we did it for like a couple weeks, and we're like he's just too young. He doesn't want to do this right now. It's taking up all this extra time. There's mm-hmm. no reason to push this. So I'm really glad that you guys mentioned that. And yeah. Just waiting till they're older, and they can still like what is the there's some kind of statistics. Yes. Yeah. So I read the statistic, which just validated the gut feeling I had in my mom gut um, that children who had say like taken piano lessons or started a sport mm-hmm. at um, age five and had done consistent lessons um, when they were compared with eight-year-olds mm-hmm. who had never done that particular skill before within six months the eight-year-olds and the the three three and a half the five-year-olds who had done three and a half years mm-hmm. of work and the eight-year-olds who had done six months of work were at the same skill level yes so it was it was not necessarily gaining them anything in terms of proficiency, yeah. which um, just freed me to have delay a, a little bit, have yeah. a little, yeah. little while longer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think they get burned out too. I um, actually dated a guy that was an excellent athlete, great football player, baseball player. He had a twin brother. Both of them got baseball scholarships to go to Auburn. Within the first year, they had both quit. They were so burned out. It is all they had ever done, and mm-hmm. they just. They were great athletes, but they were they were burned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just talking to my son about this because I was curious for this podcast. He did the little um, soccer and stuff like that for mm-hmm. just a year. wasn't interested, and but a lot of his friends did get into the team stuff, and he watched them do that and only that for hours and hours and hours, mm-hmm. and realized quickly there's no way he could catch up to that you know excellence that they have gained, whatever. But now that he's uh, almost graduated college, he's said, you know, the percentage of them that did anything with that, really? Yeah. I, I realize it teaches them some yep. character traits right. and some, you know, the, there's a benefit in team sports and team organizations like that. Um, but if you're in it because you think you're going to get something scholarship and you're going to go on and be, you know, the next Peyton Manning or whatever <laughs> it is, eh, not so much. Right. You know, if your parents are hanging, right. hanging their whole hat on that, yeah. there's probably better ways you could... Mm-hmm. benefit at the mm-hmm. end you know unless you're playing tennis or golf which you can also play when you're 80 yes you won't be playing um, a lot of those sports right for a lot of your life anyway right you might be paying for it the rest uh, of your absolutely so we did a lot of those which which I thought was an interesting twist to it and you sounds like you guys have too some um more individual things mm-hmm. individual goals is what he kind of um migrated oh, yeah to. he did karate didn't he like did karate y'all did big goals yes, for that like you rewarded arts. him for his progress and... yes and that was a lesson in and of itself of perseverance uh-huh. and you know continuing and finishing a goal um swimming or diving stuff like that that you can mm-hmm. you can set your personal record running uh, and then beat your own self you're the competitor mm-hmm. yeah. and, mm-hmm. and he just maybe it's the kind of kid i don't know but that's where he excelled is mm-hmm. how can i beat myself how can mm-hmm. i better myself rather mm-hmm. than competition yeah 
Yeah, I know. Houston did the same thing. They're, our sons are best friends. I don't know if we've know. said that on the yeah. podcast before. But yeah. yeah, but Chris, they were insanely competitive with each other, too. Yes. <laughs> and wrestling. Uh-huh. And, and arguing. Remember yeah. there was a stretch in junior oh, high? Yeah. You almost couldn't even stand to be in the same room with them. Oh. It was <laughs> just right. constant arguing about who was right. Oh. Yes. I think I always say a seventh and eighth grade boy, they're just rugged. <laughs> That's a good word. I love that word. There you go. That's your that's your mic drop moment for the night. Seventh grade boys are rugged, yeah. Whoever their teachers are, God bless. Wow. Well, what about um, puberty? So, like, puberty is that awkward, that's that 7th, 8th grade, you know, awesome, awesome time of life. Is there particular challenges with boys that you experience, Trish? Or Don and I, I mean, or um, Donnie and I with our... Um, stanky feet like I have never in my <laughs> life. Yeah. Oh, and they don't really care that they stink. Like, I their think, bodies stink or that they're... The, it's the feet in the car. Like, I couldn't even drive the car without my eyes watering yeah. and you sitting behind me. It was so bad. <laughs> We have the stinky feet too, but from before puberty, it just got worse. What that was. I mean, um, I I was listening to a sex therapist the other day on on a podcast. I have some good podcasts. Never know. (laughs) (laughs) And she was saying how, like, we all cringe at puberty. Um, You know, we all are like, oh, no, because it's like where boys start noticing girls. Because hormones, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's another hormone dump. And so girls get much more... um, social and they kind of fantasize about um, life with a man they think about their weddings they build all these pinterest boards and boys get <laughs> like very drawn to um girls and she was saying yes some of that can be tricky to navigate it gets a little messy to navigate all that hormone stuff going through their bodies mm-hmm. but it's really a gift it's what draws us into relationship with each other. I thought that was beautiful because mm-hmm. I have never once thought of puberty in any kind of way that was beautiful. <laughs> she said if instead we would just live our own lives with our own hobbies unto ourselves. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't ever move into relationship. And she didn't even mean sexual relationships, yeah. marriage relationships. She meant friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, female and female friendships. Male and female friendships. Mm-hmm. Where like puberty is like a change of life that draws us to one another. And I loved that concept. Just to kind of put that positive spin on it too mm-hmm. and um and I just figured Houston would care about how he smelled once puberty really hit yeah yeah. Right. yeah 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 I mean I can oh. harp on okay are you completely bathing with soap because it's not I my gut is telling me no my gut and my nose are telling me no but um but I just figured yeah and once he once he there was a girl he was interested in guess what the clothes started matching. Mm-hmm. The showers were good. The hair was good. Spiky, yes, the flip, the hair flip was fantastic. So, yeah, it was a, it was a nice. It was kind of tongue in cheek at the time, but it was a gift. I mean, it was a it was cool to right. see him end up caring. Right. Yeah. Did did I'm curious. Did your boys ever ask you about girl advice? Well, that's interesting. When I and I were just actually having a girl conversation before I came over here. Um, all of them, all three of my boys, I think as far as girls go, have been, were a little bit late bloomers. Every one of them did the exact same thing. They got their first girlfriend the second half of their senior year of high school. Like oh, Samuel God. has just gotten his first girlfriend. I mean, they all three did it. So, um, which is to me a very strange time to have a first girlfriend when you're about to go off to college and all that. So the first time with my oldest one, I probably did not handle it the best in the world, just to be perfectly honest with you. I probably could have done a little bit better job in the way I handled it, and he's quick to tell me to this day what a poor job I did. You're in good company here. We've made all kinds of mistakes. But but, um, that being said, when they're not in the throat, like if it doesn't appear that I'm not on their side, like when they actually have the girlfriend, they ask me lots of questions about girls, and we we talk about it pretty regularly. But if they're dating someone that is obvious to them that I might not be – that crazy about despite my best efforts to <laughs> say otherwise. Your poker face. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's when they get a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. resistant to mm-hmm. what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. You haven't had that experience. No. Yeah. I don't look forward Goodness. to it. Goodness. Um, wait, just put so it out. Yeah, I think I think in our case it was a little closed conversations too. Every now and then. I, I think he would talk equally to his dad and me, depending on what the subject was. But yeah. Yeah, Houston, um, 
was just generally more to himself and um, would, if he had a serious conversation with his girlfriend and he was trying to process it, he would maybe waltz in the kitchen and start talking and the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, he's really talking. So I've missed appointments. I've literally texted while I'm standing in the kitchen, I'm not going to make it or I'm going to be 30 minutes late because I've got to honor that yeah. that window. And then I know he talked to his dad a lot more about sex. So we, we divided and conquered. So I, you know, I went away for the weekend with Emma. He went away for the weekend with Houston and kind of like laid the groundwork for here's what's coming down the road <laughs> when they were like 11. Yeah. And so, and so that opened the door to any questions from this point forward at any time are welcome. Yeah. And, and so Emma did that. She came in and asked me some, I won't say it, Emma, don't worry. <laughs> she asked me some crazy stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm like, don't, don't act surprised. Don't act surprised. Don't act, don't act, don't act like you're freaked out. <laughs> right. And so I think he did that with his dad. Yeah, more too. And um, also with technology, our kids did have smartphones, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. We were on there looking at what apps they had on there Mm -hmm. um, to communicate with the opposite sex and just being sure everything was, you know, on the up and up. Because we realized, like, there was flirting going on that Houston wasn't aware of. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he was just still, like, coming out of playing with Legos (laughs) at 14, you know, and... It, it was like, okay, that's not appropriate. Like, she's not your girlfriend. You know, we don't want you bantering back and forth like that. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of had to, to check that. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely checking the phones and stuff, which I hate. I hate it. I mean, yeah, but if we, uh, our thing was, we know we're paying for it. It's really my phone. Yeah, no. So we're, we're going to see it. And right, yeah. we, if tr- it's a yeah. trusting relationship, if there's not anything on there, then... No, you know, I know, and I did find some it. good conversations he and Ben were having. They yeah. were good buds to each other, they and, like helping each other be held each other good. accountable. Yeah, and I would encourage yeah. boys to get in. I think that's a great. I think that's yeah. a really good idea too um, to encourage them to get into some type of discipleship group mm-hmm. um, because I do think they're they're more apt to talk to each other and hold one another accountable than than them running and telling me or yeah. mm-hmm. another adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. We yeah. ha- we did have with technology. Well, and just in general emphasized um the role of protector that as a as a guy coming into middle school and high school whatever um and even with sister and mom that you are a protector and I mean I'm card carrying feminist but <laughs> I'm telling you <laughs> there's something about I mean, you're just a mix of contradictions that's why we're friends <laughs> I am but uh-huh. you uh to have that presence and that male presence you know, just a security, somebody protecting you um, is valuable. So to know that what this is what your role is going to be and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So that looks like you're going to, when you're walking down the street, you're walking on the outside so the cars don't come by and splash the girl that you're with. Mm-hmm. That's gentlemen, but that's also mm-hmm. you're protecting. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, well, I didn't do this, have, have this when I was growing up, but everybody, you all will. Um, if a girl feels like she needs to get your attention by sending you a picture, you need to protect her. And that looks like you delete that picture. You don't send it on to your friends. You don't even comment on it. In fact, your comment should be, why do you feel like you need to do that? That's not who you are. You're better than that. You, mm-hmm. That's how you protect them in other ways, not just mm-hmm. physically. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, girls feel so much pressure <laughs> To do that, they mm-hmm. think they're told that's how you get a guy's attention. Mm-hmm. So that's all they know to do sometimes. So um, really emphasize that one because there was a lot of that going on mm-hmm. in his middle school and high school. There's a lot going on years. now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that going on now. Yeah. Sarah, she looks, oh. you can't see her because it's a podcast. <laughs> she looks in despair. <laughs> Just, I, another reason why we were checking the phones and stuff yeah. like that. You know, and, yes. and he knew that was going on and kids were getting... Mm-hmm. in trouble left and right for it so yeah. phones phones are dangerous there's just no yeah, two ways yes. there's so much yeah. that can go on with phones and um and i just think with boys not not that girls can't do but with boys in particular you know, the whole pornography issue is just huge and the temptations and the things that are thrown at them and mm-hmm. um I, I think for teenage boys that's a huge huge issue that um probably as parents i mean we're aware of it but we may not be aware of the depth of the and how early how, hurt, yes. how early it's happening. Nine, yes. eight, it's a big deal. 
So the exposure protect, is really how do y'all protect your voice in that way? You like, never have a computer or TV in your room. Yeah. Period. No, yeah. The computers are always in a public here. space. <laughs> But then not only that, because sometimes, you know, we homeschooled it, so my kids were home all day. So mm-hmm. then I would have to leave, especially mm-hmm. when they're teenagers, to go run and do something, or I was working at church at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to have um, some sort of privacy controls. Yeah. So when we're learning biology, guess what? They can't look up a bunch of stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, all, the, all the things they need to look up, you know, on yeah. human sexuality, it's like, yeah. it shuts it down, shuts it down, so it shuts it down. But um also, on our son's phone, we didn't do this with our daughter just because we were learning as we went. We should have done it with both of them. He didn't have the internet on his phone until he went to college. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard decision because part of me is like, you need to learn to uh, use that in a mm-hmm. way that's safe. But we felt like the access to pornography and that just yeah. instant access to everything would be too tempting. So we, we and he didn't fight us on that. He, he submitted to that. And we, um, Snapchat was on there at one point, and so we made him take that off because that's, I mean, that's a big thing. The college students in our lives, they all Snapchat each other. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing because I Snapchat my pictures of them like, <laughs> to my mom, like, you're right in the room. So, yeah, so I guess there's a, a demographic a that uses Snapchat that, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, good. So that's what we did, and we didn't do it perfectly because... We were half and half. Like half of my kids' childhood was no digital technology. It was a film camera mm-hmm. and, a, and a minivan with this cassette player, mm-hmm. for crying out loud, and then a CD player. And then we transitioned into this mm-hmm. new age. New. It was hard. I feel like I was behind the curve even yeah. on knowing how to do technology. Like I, I wasn't that good at it either. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it extra difficult when you've got kids who are really good and you feel like you're not so That's good. That's right. And they can hide things and they stuff. Can. They can. They Honestly, can. Honestly, yes. There's so many things they can do that yeah. I would never even know existed. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're a six-year-old. Don't check your five-year-old. Get on your, your Netflix account. Change the password <laughs> and download all his shows yeah. or whatever. But, you know, yeah. he can't put his pants on the right way. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, the whole technology thing is crazy. I think it's great that, like, you're just having an open conversation with your spouse even, like, ahead of time. Like, that's something that I think others have given us that kind of wisdom to start talking now. What do we want that to look like for our Mm -hmm. boys? Because it's going to be here before we know it, and I want to, you know, already get a game plan, like, together to try to protect them as much as we can. Yes, because I said no phones. Like, I was like you, Trish. I was on the no phone bandwagon, and then I realized one day that um, Emma was babysitting children in the neighborhood, and those young families had no home phone. And she was keeping infants. Mm-hmm. And if there was an emergency, that would have been a huge, horrible disaster. And so then we were faced with, okay, well, what do we do? And, well, there's, they still make flip phones. Yeah. What do you know? <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's options. You don't have to go straight to yeah. the full-on mm-hmm. That was like, yeah, with the grass cutting, same thing. We didn't want him to be out cutting grass and have no access to call somebody if he had an accident. Mm-hmm. That's right. So you yeah. have to make exceptions sometimes. Yes. It's the smarter right. thing. I know. Do. It would have been nice to not have to. And now sometimes that's, that's how they get their homeworks. That's how they do their group projects. Yes. That's school how they very do very much. Yes. So you are out of the school loop at all yeah. if you don't have that. So, But I'll give you an example. Just this week, I have no idea how it happened. I don't know where it came from. Three times on my personal phone, I have gotten a text message from somewhere random, and it has been new pictures of somebody oh just my, on my phone. really yes three times randomly of course i block them every time but they get around that and mm-hmm. so you know they continue i haven't gotten it today so maybe i've blocked Trish, them all she lives but. a different life than us that has <laughs> yes. never happened yes, like, i get car warranty calls world. every day <laughs> no, yeah yeah it's kind of shocking the first time <laughs> i wish i could have seen body can't breathe she's laughing so oh hard. my gosh <laughs> it was Interesting. Yeah. Oh like, my goodness. Needs to see that. And always put that away. Oh, um, speaking of, <laughs> I just want to bring up. This is where um, Sarah's living right now. Um, we're talking around it, but the the appendage, you know, <laughs> that boys have that is so yeah. different. Yeah, than what we're gonna I get censored have. off of podcast uh, Apple Podcasts if plum- we say the word. Right. <laughs> the plumbing mechanism. Uh-huh. I just it is it was an enlightening. Um, thing for me as a mom mm-hmm. um completely different than being married but it's like what is it with that i know They're i'm obsessed. telling my 11th month old like it, it's like he noticed it and was like and like now he's like he's proud of it. he's like pee pee like <laughs> pointing to it like he's like it's at that age you're like oh, this is a cool I thing know. I, know. <laughs> I know 
I don't know what it is. It's like a built-in toy ready to go <laughs> at all times. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't, I, I don't either. I don't understand. Well, if you don't know that with your first, you're like, what? Like, what is the deal here? And then you got another one, and you're like, okay, this is just a normal boy thing. I mean, Zane was like, it's normal. It's, 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 <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's okay. Normal. It's, normal. it's like, I never have to tell my first, my first one was daughter. I never have to say, can you please take your hands out, <laughs> out of your pants? 57 times a day. Can you please not touch? Oh, oh my goodness. gosh. Yeah, and so... Then there's a whole, um, I don't know, thing about peeing. I was oh, just about, man. exactly what I was thinking. I can think of so many times where I would turn around and they'd just drop their pants wherever <laughs> we happen to be. And yeah, yep, there we go. Because they can. Because they can. So that's one thing that you kind of need dad for, because I could not teach potty training. Here's how you pee standing up. <laughs> right? It's true. I can't teach how to aim. I can't teach that. Yeah. You need dad for that. Yeah. I was thinking about that earlier. We, I don't know if y'all did this. I feel, I don't know if this is even legal, but like we pull over and just be in the road. Oh yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like if I had girls, I don't even know what I would be doing. Oh, right no. just be in the road. That's a part of the boys. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We had yeah. the, the minivan um, door that would slide open oh, automatically. Man. So it was like, <laughs> just, just stand, stand right there. <laughs> stand out the side. Wait the a moment, please. The door is opening. Yes. We have oh. so many things. We, um, we went camping. We talk about our family trips one time. One time camping, and he wakes up in the middle of the night sleepwalking. Thinks that he's, you know, at the going to the uh. toilet outside. And I happen to wake up in the middle of all that and be, and he's right over his sister's head. Oh, <laughs> oh no! And I'm like slow motion. No, no, no! Oh. no stop, stop! He didn't. Okay. But oh. thank goodness that would have been the end of the sibling relationship oh, right it there. Been bad. But it's it was always something we had. Yeah. Um, in his toy box like you know they get busy playing or whatever and you know, well, I don't bother going to the bathroom we'll just we'll just be in the toy box and I don't know any, how would you know that until days later it's, oh, what is that smell in your room and he's kind of like oh. <laughs> it's a funny thing around the toilet is very messy oh. too it's like how why is it so hard oh. I don't know. Too My bad. second though, I don't. It's so funny. He's three now. And he's finally like getting to where he can stand and like pee in the toilet. Okay, and like reach it all right. But he always cleans it. He's like the. If it gets his. Oh, we love him. But yeah. He always says, "Be sweetie, wipe the seat." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really cute. That's oh, awesome. That's brother. Yes. Yes. We had to call a plumber on some occasions for other issues or whatever. And the plumber had stories like you. He's like, you know, I can always tell a house full of boys because so right like, around. The, yeah. It's like the whole and linoleum and flooring and everything it's is just—it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just acidic, nasty, yes. creamy, gross. Yeah, the only solution is yeah. just pour gas on it and light the whole thing oh, on fire. No. <laughs> You're not going to clean it. It's not going to help. Oh, no. So, oh my goodness. I'm not sure how we got off on that, but what else? I think I don't know. Else? I mean, I don't know what else to ask. Um, is there any other like fun thing you thought about when we asked you guys to come? Do the do this podcast? Is there something we're missing in terms of multiple boys? Mm, no, but I was thinking earlier um, when my brother got married, my mom asked us to sing for his not us, but me and a guy to sing a mother's prayer like for his um, reception and just praying for your um, your boys are going to be husbands one day yeah. and praying for their spouses. And so I just thought that was really special. And I I'm going, I'm doing it now. And so if you're not doing it as a boy mom, start praying for your yes. boys and for their spouses and um, for their protection. And yeah. Oh, that's a great, that's a great final thought. Yeah. This, and this might be just me. I mean, I don't know if this is factual or this is just made up in my head. But um, I do think when you are the mom of only boys and then they get married. You have to be very mindful of what what kind of mother-in-law you're going mm-hmm. to be. Because mm-hmm. I think when a, a woman has lived with only guys for so long, in some ways you almost forget how to, you've been the woman. And mm-hmm. then suddenly these other women come in that you're not used to relating to inside of your family. And I think if you're not really careful about that, you could end up being not a great mother-in-law and already you don't have daughters. You want your daughter-in-laws to love you because you want your sons to want to come around and bring their children around. So I do think, I mean, it, that's always on my mind at the age my kids are now. That yeah. is the wisest Another. thing I have heard. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. So, so good. Both wonderful pieces of wisdom. So Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just to be a, that's going to be a whole other podcast we've talked about already. Yes. Um, it being, being, becoming like I'm now an in-law. 
My -hmm. children have married. And my in-laws have blessed me so much and did make me feel welcome. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I I think that can be such a beautiful... There's such a terrible negative Mm -hmm. stereotype. But why do we have stereotypes? Because it happens a lot. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's really wise. To be conscious of that. Yes. For you to be conscious and aware of that and to be thinking ahead to that yeah. is, I think, rare. What a gift. But good for to you. your future daughters-in-law. Good for you. Yes. Yes. So, so thank you, ladies, for joining yeah, us. Been fun. Sharing your families and lives with us. Boys are um, great. Love boys are great. And They're we'll the give best. girls their due time uh, in uh, <laughs> a few more episodes. So we want to say thanks to our production manager, Cheyenne Avila. And our tech and social media administrator, Savannah Cunningham, and our graphic designer, Emma Goodwin. Right. And we want you to be able to find us on our blog at justaskyourmom.com or on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom, also Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. So if you've listened to this and you like what you hear, we appreciate it if you rate us. Um, it just helps people find the podcast in the future. And send us your questions or ideas for future topics are coming in and it's just so fun to yeah. hear from you. So we'd love for you to do that. So we'll see you next time on Just, just Ask, Ask Your Mom. Mom.